Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics on a beautiful Monday morning, January 10th in Mexico with the silver market open and with David Stein of Kuya Silver joining me to talk about some of the fascinating market anomalies that exist in today's Wall Street financial markets where the price of the paper price of silver on the COMEX, which nobody's been able to explain to me what that actually means yet, fell, I believe, I calculated 11.6%. And then there were these articles out there saying that this was the greatest year of demand for silver in history. Um, we saw a second straight year of deficit and a lot of other things. Um, now, these reports did not include the... Uh, Commissioner of the CFTC, Rostin Benham, also one of the members of Reagan's plunge protection team, uh, more officially known as the Working Group on Capital Markets, uh, who talked about tamping down the price. So that was not in the Silver Institute's report. But to discuss that, as well as a lot of other things, especially on the supply side of the silver market, is joining me today is David Stein of Kuya Silver. David, welcome on in. How are you? Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here. I'm calling from cold Toronto. And uh, yeah, let's I know we have a lot to discuss. So let's let's uh, let's get get going. Well, David, uh, not to, uh, you know, throw you out there while the shareholders are watching, but with Mexico being the silver capital of the world and on your way to Peru, you know, perhaps we have to get you down here, hit the beach a little later, talk about some silver deposits. But I'm teasing a little bit, absolutely. but I think uh, people like you're going to be quite in demand, especially going forward in today's hyperinflationary world, where we see the price of silver in a, uh, I don't know what you'd call this, it's like a holding pattern. It's, it's diverged a little bit from that $23 mark, which it had been magnetized to, but we see still now less than half of the 1980 paper price high. And at the same time here, silver demand to exceed a billion ounces for the first time since 2015. And you see a whole slew of articles here, uh, shift gold, silver demand expected to break record. And then a lot of them were referencing this Silver Institute report where you see silver industrial demand projected to reach a new high in 2021. And as was mentioned, I think you were on the show when we were talking about this last time. If you look, here's the 2020 numbers, which are all absolutely ridiculous and, and fictional, as Keith Newmeyer and others have stated on the show multiple times. I called the Silver Institute. I'm not trying to be mean here, but they gave me the, you know, well, it's this Ted Butler conspiracy theory type response. And I've learned, you know, all right. They see it differently. But that aside, you see, in 2020, you had 972 million ounces total supply, total demand. Well, not total demand, because that's 892, which includes industry, photography, jewelry, and silverware. But then you have these ETPs here, which is SLV, all these paper trusts. So they demanded 331, which brought to a balance of negative 251 million ounce deficit in 2020. Now you look at these numbers here and still running a deficit of negative 157 million ounces. But I wonder how realistic these numbers are. You have, they say that the the trust demand like SLV went down by more than half yet. All right. That's saying like Enron's numbers, <laughs> they were great, but we found out they weren't real. We've still never gotten an answer from the LBMA about that little miscount that just happened to match the same amount that supposedly went into SLV during silver squeeze weekend. When the, the CFTC commissioner confirmed that they were shitting their pants, he called it an emergency. He tamped it down. They lied when I called S uh, iShares SLV on the 5th asking for the audit. They couldn't produce it. They never told me that they had changed it or that they changed the prospectus three days earlier while they were sending Jeff Curry out to lie on TV. So I ask you, David, and what, what do you make of this where 
in the face of all of that, silver price falls almost 12%. So I know a long question there, but take it away, sir. Uh, yeah, well, actually, if you can put the screen back on so I can talk to the numbers. Um, sure, give me a second there. Yeah, so actually, just, just one thing to note since you brought it up, Chris. We, uh, Kuya, uh, so my company, Kuya Silver, we are members of the Silver Institute. Um, we're new members. I'm not influential whatsoever. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not, it's not easy to collect all this information. Um, so, uh, um, you know, take it, you sort, sort of have to take it for what it is, but, um, it, it is, uh, you know, if it, it is kind of interesting, uh, you know, you look at the three, the three sections of this, okay, it's it, which it's organized under. So on the supply side, what happened? Well, you know, 2020, the, the dip in supply was really more related to COVID. And there was, right when COVID first hit, there was um, a number of mines in Mexico and Peru and elsewhere that were suspended. And then they decided, you know what, it's, um, these are strategic industries, we'll let, we'll let them go back to work. And it was a relatively short blip, a few months, but it's, that, you know, I would say that that 60,000 uh, or 60 million ounce uh, difference is probably related to that. Um, well, it is related to the COVID dip. And then if you look at the 2021 numbers, basically almost equal to the 2020, 2019 numbers. So basically that's the industry back at worth, no growth um, happening. Um, but, uh, um, which is, which is, which is not, uh, not surprising. Um, now if I could jump down to the market balance, um, section where you've got the, uh, exchange traded par- products, ETPs. So that would include not only SLV, but, in, but also, uh, you know, the, uh, Sprott, um, and the other smaller ones that, that, that exist. Uh, so this is, this is stuff that any, you know, junior analyst can read, reports, annual reports, and figure all this stuff out. Um, you know, you take take it for the numbers, you assume that publicly traded companies are not lying to you, um, which may be a big assumption, but... <laughs> I, I, I do not assume that. In fact, the guys that, I'm not saying this about Silver Institute, but at least in terms of those ETP numbers, I've shown the evidence proving that they're lying. So we right. know they're lying. And it's like, even with fraudulent data, we still have, you know, leaving all that aside, we still have the price falling 11.5% while the thing's in a deficit. And I don't see that addressed anywhere. Right. So um, the interesting thing about 2020 was we did, uh, look, I, I think the annualized average price, which is the bottom line in that, is you know, it's kind of, kind of useless, right? Because it's, uh, uh, you really need to look month by month and see what's been happening to the price. And if you look at, if you look at 2020, we had that jump from 17 to 25 plus in uh, the middle of 2020. And lo and behold, we look back later and find that that was a record year for exchange traded product demand. Okay. Um, 330 million ounces net. So, and then this year was about half of that, or it's 2021. Um, I think a lot of it was in the first half of the year and we probably had net, in fact, I'm almost certain we've had net redemptions in the second half of the year. And we've had the price falling from that sort of 25 to 30 band that we were in for about a year down to the 22 to 23 area where, where we are right now. So, um, you know, uh, there when you when you sort of think about it in that respect, some of these numbers start to make more sense. Not that necessarily that that the whole story is is here because um, it's not, but um, um, but definitely, um, you know, we get into an area into a world where you know bigger investors. Um, pension funds, university endowments, et cetera, are starting to take holding, are starting to take a weighting in precious metals, um, then that would be a game changer. And probably the way they're going to do it is on those exchange traded products, unless they, you know, unless they, uh, how, you know, sort of end up inventing their own products. But um, so that is something to look forward to in a bull market that we're not seeing right now. Um, and then in the middle section, 
you know, I just, you know, that's the demand side. That's really important because, um, I mean, I, I still think investment demand dry, really drives the price um, because, uh, you know, guys that are buying silver for jewelry and photovoltaic cells and stuff, they can play around a little bit and have inventory and wait to buy their, you know, their stock, et cetera. So it's not as good of an indicator in the, in the shorter term, but it is, there is a longer term trend here, which is that the, the demand's going up. And if you, if you actually read the report, they go into more detail as to which industries are seeing the most silver growth. And there's no question that in order to achieve, you know, the, the West's green goals, uh, for energy use and, uh, and also all the electronics that we like to own, um, we're going to be using a lot more silver in the future. And that, that bodes well uh, in addition to the investment demand. Well, that's, that's what I thought too. In fact, here's a fun one. As we look, here is the chart of 2021. So you see the price right under 28 bucks. <laughs> Have this spike. Again, banks own numbers, <laughs> greatest buying spree in history. They wrote the details about it. Amazingly enough, it was metals focused. The same guys are writing this thing. So maybe we'll see if, David, what do you think the chances that Adam Webb, director of Mind Supply and Metals Focus would discuss this with me? Or even if you didn't have to come on the show, then fine. But like, if I ask... <laughs> How did how does that make sense? Where two years in a row, massive deficits, and you know, here's the price falling. Unfortunately, it's not providing the 2020 chart. In fact, I'll do you one better. Look at as you were saying this, looking back at 2011. Here's when silver hits 50 bucks. That chart I actually do have up. Let's take a look at that one. So here's the price chart. This is the 20 year. So here's 2011. Silver's at 50 bucks. Then by 2013, it's, uh, let's call it like around, maybe around 20 there. And then we go back to this chart. What was happening in 2011, 2012, 2013? They were running deficits there too. And then when you think about it, this whole environment we have where it's like stock market, you know, every day I flip on CNBC, it's hitting new highs. Yet they're telling us the world's going is, is about to explode because of COVID. They're shutting stuff down again. They're shutting schools down. They're canceling airline flights all over the place. But I see last week, you know, American Airlines, which I love to buy puts on, not legal financial advice, but the thing's up seven or eight percent. And to me, the reason that I ended up studying and becoming so focused on silver is because that's at the heart of all of this. You have to rig the metals. You have to keep the price low. I mean, and this isn't new. The Roman Empire did the same thing, <laughs> you know, except now we do it with Ben Bernanke's computer and Jeff Curry lying on fraudulent channels. I've contacted CNBC. I, I sent them the evidence that I sent. I said, hey, I've sent this as legal file to the CFTC's TPS whistleblower report line. She knows that. I said, Jeff Curry, the guy came on your channel, lied, and when you know, yeah, you could say, well, this is just one market. But when you see how the whole world hinges on it, all these people are chasing after people in Australia and around the globe with needles trying to force. Where's the DEA and all this? You know, we have people trying to force them with drugs. And all of this is funded by fraudulent dollars, which is kept together by the manipulation of gold and silver. And still you have all these unanswered questions. We're about to hit the year anniversary of Silver Squeeze. Ross Benham, he still hasn't shared his report, except when he goes to the bankers conference. He still hasn't explained tamp down. I've sent the letter to him. It's like you see the crime committed in the middle of the park. Everyone knows who did it. They know why they did it. And, you know, again, we'll see when the rest of the world tunes into the reality on this one. Yet, David, it's like if, you know, if you guys are down in the mine and you have like some canaries there and like they keep falling over, you're like, oh, well, maybe they just didn't have enough to eat last night. You bring in a new batch. The same thing happens. At, you know, it's like at what point you can ignore the problem, but that doesn't mean it's building and that something is going to reverberate. What would you say about that? Um, look, I... I... <laughs> that's a that's a big question. 
the <laughs> here and this might this this may or may not answer it okay but here here's here's what here's what i i see and and remember you know you're the one that started relating this whole silver you know industry conundrum to the big short the movie that came out which was which was really really well done several years ago and and the the credit crisis and you know when you understand what was happening there at the end of the day people are greedy and if they find a way to make money doing something and they can keep doing it day after day year after year they'll do it and i think that's been happening in the precious metals market to some degree you've got people who've sort of figured out a way to uh uh to make money uh you know day in day out in the precious metals market and it's to their benefit obviously to keep the price uh from uh you know exploding uh higher because i think in, in this in this case they they the, the, this is more of a short trade so however with i guess the question is with the fundamentals the way they are, um, you know, the the macro situation, the fundamentals for supply and demand. Can can they keep the charade going on forever? I I don't think so. Um, and and you know I think the you know you've seen little windows where 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 the price goes up really quickly, and you know that that only happens in a market where there's very little supply. Right. So, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's just a matter of time before it happens again, but, um, uh, but look, uh, you know, the, uh, otherwise I, I don't know what we can really do about it. Just, just wait for it to happen. The, the, the fundamentals are really good. Well, David, Everything you said was brilliant, even although I may disagree with the last part. Don't know what we can do about it. Fortunately, I do. And uh, the world's about to find out because especially with the anniversary of Silver Squeeze coming up, which is also the anniversary of Rusty's silver investigation. Maybe we'll get like a one year bonus and he'll actually explain his price fixing comments, because in the end, I don't know. I, I'm tired of waiting for it. And the evidence is here. In fact, live on the air today, I will challenge anyone in the globe. And I'll do better than that. Anyone in the galaxy or anything else out there that exists to, to explain how. <laughs> let's look at the chart. Here's $50 silver in 2011. And here, deficit. 2012, deficit. 2013, deficit. And you have a couple of years where, all right, here you have a surplus from according to these fictitious numbers from 2014 to 2018 and what happens uh there i mean basically stays flat so you know jeff christian can make as many kitco interviews and silly videos on his channel as he wants but a chat i challenge i i emailed a guy and told him i thought he was lying that i knew he was lying and that's why i i posed the questions to him i'm not saying anything behind someone's back i if there's anyone on the planet who can give a different explanation other than what I've provided, I'd, I'd love to hear it. And so far, um, we have had no contestants on that <laughs> offer. Can I, can I, can I, um, can I just say one more thing about the supply demand chart there? Sure, sure. Let me pull that back up for you. Um, and what, what I'm about to say is just, is just my, my opinion, by the way, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not in the weeds as to how this data is collected. I, but um, to me, at the end of the day, uh, some of these numbers are uh, easier to, uh, to actually um, research than others. And, and some of these are pretty much outright plugs, okay, where you plug it in to basically balance what you, what you know, okay? So for example, uh, in the demand side, net physical investment. Okay, so that is all of the guys buying silver coins and stuff like that. So it's not exchange traded products. It's actually physical silver demand, um, uh, which is which is obviously something we're very very bullish on. Um, but I think that's a very very hard, almost impossible number to 
to get a good good handle on because um, it's there's so many small transactions happening all over the place with lots of small dealers and it's all over the world too it's not just you know it's not just in the united states where you could call up you know at max and the top five guys and and get a get a handle on it it's 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 all over the world it's in hong kong it's dubai wherever so that's a that's a difficult one um there's there's uh recycling i think is a difficult one again because that's just it's it's happening all over the place all over the world with small small guys uh small companies doing doing uh doing silver recycling um so um Whereas, whereas other numbers maybe are a little more like, for example, mine production, you can, you can get a, you can get a, you can go through annual reports and you can figure out, okay, well, public companies probably produce whatever, 70% of the world's silver. And then the rest is little guys who, who are unknown. You have to make an estimate about that, about how much, how many little guys are out there. It's even more so for gold, but um but again, so that's that number is like probably 70% real, 30% a plug. Bottom line is, you know, this is this is uh, this is research. It's analyzed. The guys do the best that they can, but there's still a lot of mystery to it, right? And uh, uh, and you, you're Chris, you you raise a very very good point. You know how how do you explain? Uh, these very significant deficits. Okay, 15 million ounces is is very small into 2011, but you know, uh, 150 million ounces this year—that's pretty. That's 10 times the size um, <laughs> in terms of ounces, and uh, it doesn't seem to have an impact on the price. That that those are that's some some pretty good questions that I think are worth worth digging into. Yeah, and and David, here here's my issue though. It's like these guys aren't doing the best they can. I called the Silver Institute. I talked to the guy and I tried putting up with it. It was pretty fucking obnoxious because he's sitting there giving me the conspiracy theory. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, so I tried to tell him. You figured it out. Keith Newmeyer figured it out while he's building a company and getting screwed by these guys. A lot of other people figured it out. And now I've been explaining it. And I've explained it to Goldman Sachs. I've explained it to the CFTC. I've explained it to JP Morgan. I've explained it to CNBC. I've told them all the evidence. I've I asked for the legal departments. I say, can I talk to your lawyers? Here's, here's how they can sue me for, for the fraud if I'm wrong. So these people aren't doing their best. They're lying. They know they're lying. And that, I mean, and then maybe that, maybe there's some sort of random connection when you flip on, oh, doubt NASDAQ falls 2%. Why is it falling 2%? Because the whole thing is a fraud. You have these, these guys at the Fed, they're, they get caught front running their own policy. They're still doing it. JP Morgan gets caught ripping off the market. They're still doing it. So no, I do not feel those people are doing the best they can. They're doing the best they can to cheat and steal. And I'm not, not going to go into the, the health issues going on, but these are a lot of the same people. And I would suggest people... I don't want to tell, it's not my business to tell anyone what to do, but there's a lot of people out there lying and they're costly lies and they're affecting people's lives. And that's why, that's why to me, they didn't like say like, oh, I'm going to leave Wall Street and just go talk about silver. There's a reason for this. And now as I'm starting to dig a little deeper and see some of the other things that I will put on record, you'll, you'll find out about them soon enough and they can ignore them. But at some point, it's like, what, America, United States, land of the free and the honor, yet there's some, there's some big problems here. And, there's, and I think it's, it's sad that I had to leave my home country for pointing them out. So anyway, David, if you have any comment on that, or I can go to the next uh, silver question and we can talk about some of those trends. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's there, David. I don't have anything. I don't have a comment on that. Okay, I mean, I just think that there's enough because here you see, fortunately, and I think there are a lot of people that are pointing the things out. And those are going to be the same people that end up, in my opinion, like the, the people in the big short movie. Um, here you have uh, Silver Investing News Network, Silver Trends 2021, demand grows as supply shrinks. So Silver Institute, whether they want to be my friend or not aside, you see other people are reporting it and you see the way that there's a certain group of the silver market 
you know, we didn't have Wall Street bets or Wall Street silver a year ago. And a moment I'll look up what, what number they're up to. But now there's a lot of people who do realize this. And if the silver, if the banks even admitted the silver supply was close to running out almost a year ago, and we've had more people, would you agree we've had more people who buy silver on a regular basis and are excited about it? And when the price drops, they're even more incentivized to buy than ever before? Definitely. I, I, I agree with that. Um, and look, I think at, at the moment, though, that, that, that group of people that are, that are buying silver, um, physical silver, it's just it's not big enough to make an impact yet. But, you know, the, their time, their time will come. It's uh, they're, they're the early ones on this trade. And as I said, their, their time will come when the when the bigger whales start, you know, getting into the silver market. And David, I mean, here we have the Wall Street silver page. Now, I find this interesting. I don't know if other people have seen or noticed this. This was created January 29th, 2021, which was the Friday of that weekend. Right. So it's not like, you know, they were there for a year or two and then they said, let's organize a big event. Maybe that happened behind the scenes. I don't know that, but. Well, I think part of part of what happened here that uh, was they kind of got kicked off the main Wall Street bets site, so they created that, created their own. I mean, I think there's that that there's truth to that. In either case, we see this group that was created, you know, a year ago, yep. and they're now up to 176,000 people who are sitting here reading articles about silver, posting, gave myself a real paycheck today. I would say, I don't know a website where that was happening five years ago. They're, they're posting their coins, they're having contests, they're putting billboards up. And you saw the impact in just the first weekend alone. So I don't know how many whales are in there or not, but I don't think that you need whales. I mean, this is one of those it things. It doesn't matter, Chris. They will like come. You just give it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they will come. Like there's all the people whose job it is to make money in in markets. When when the precious metals market starts going and gaining momentum, they will be there. I think a lot of them are there now. I think a lot of people have been buying silver, and that's why you see. This level of fraud, I mean, this is, it's funny, we were talking before the show how a lot of this is reminiscent to me of, of my first couple of months in the workforce where I was at Moody's and within two months, Enron was collapsing and then the World Trade Centers were coming down. And it's like, you know, we're kind of in that territory when you see how many people are going out of their way to avoid this. So... You know, again, it's that's why I love the comp though of the the mortgage market. You know, you could you could avoid it. Maybe you didn't know about it, but if you knew about it, I mean, you you knew it was coming, and at least it seems clear to me here what's coming. Where in the end of the day, <laughs> saw silver fall from fifty bucks in years of deficits. Now you see all these other data points, and you know, I guess it's up to each person to decide what you know, to do with all of that, but, um, paints, paints a rather clear picture when you have all of the evidence or even just a fraction of it. Yeah, look, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to be very excited about the, you know, the, the prospect for much, much higher silver prices. And, uh, I, you know, look, I, I mean, you and I, we've been in the markets for, you know, about roughly the same number of years. And I, I think, you know, just for, from my experience, um, uh, you know, to get real, to get really, really bullish, you, you just need broader participation and, uh, uh, you know, yes, right now, the, the, maybe the attempts to kind of keep a lid on silver are six appear to be successful, but, um, 
you know, the, at the end of the fundamentals will, will, uh, will, will roll the day at some, at some point. And, um, you know, the, the, the other thing to keep in mind is the world is a bigger place than the United States. Uh, I know it's very important, you know, financial superpower, but, you know, guys in the Middle East, guys in Asia, um, whether it's because they need the silver for electronics or they need it for their investment um, portfolios, um, that, that will happen as well. And, uh, you know, that, that will be another kind of force uh, in the, in the, in a bull market that will, you know, I think be really important. Yeah. It's a good point. You mentioned there. I've been thinking about that a lot as I'm here in Mexico, I've lived in a couple different countries in Europe. My father was from Egypt. So I've been there and I was thinking about over the weekend, how still in all the places I've been, at least later on in life, they're still kind of looking back to the U S for what's happening you know and it's always you think well there's a big world out there well here in mexico they're watching american tv they're watching american football it was the same with europe when i met people and talked about silver there they're like oh well the feds you know in control of it they take so it's kind of you know you think well maybe there's someone else out there but uh what's it florian grumace who uh, has been on the show a couple of times he's in dubai and I think it's this, he's described, uh, I believe, that it's somewhere there where, you know, there's a couple people who get it, but everyone's still. And, you know, it's like one of those things where you, when you have those dynamics. How I mean, is there how else does it end? So I, I guess we will see on that, although uh, I think we have a couple of questions in the chat room today. Uh, David, have uh, someone's asking here about premiums. Have you uh, been keeping an eye on premiums or have you purchased silver lately or any comment on the premiums at all? Maybe I'll pull up a uh, uh, site and we can take a look as well. Yeah, let's let's uh, do that. Um, uh, yeah, look, I, I look at it from time to time. And, uh, I, you know, what's pretty interesting, I think, over the course of 2021, um, even as the price uh, kind of fell throughout the year, the premiums have stayed pretty, uh, you know, pretty strong, I think. So, um, you know, that, that's, uh, there's been, uh, there's been uh, it's not surprising, you know, Chris, you put up the Reddit page and all the silver apes buying physical silver. Um, you know, if anything, the, the constraint there is more the, supply of of uh, of investable silver products out there um and uh uh you know i, I know we've had this conversation <laughs> in the past you and i offline about uh you know um you know minting silver coins and uh you know it's not easy to do it in, at scale um yeah you can do like little you know kind of uh you know custom things uh, that's more, more like a, more like a, um, like a silver chopper band. Yeah. Like a silver chopper band where, where it's, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're paying more for the artistry than the actual metal, but, you know, to do something like what, um, first majestic does with their, you know, one ounce, uh, rounds or sprout money, et cetera, and basically have your, your own stuff made that's investable with a, with a decent premium on it. Very, very difficult. Why? Because, there's the the supply and the and the uh, the actual um, the actual mints out there the refineries and mints that is uh, it's a very very small market and there's not there's not enough of them given the the demand that's out there so I think that's one of the reasons why the premiums are so high and uh, you know again it's not a bad thing but um, it, it it wouldn't be a bad thing either if we could get more investable silver on the market even and even if it drives the premiums down um that would get more silver into the hands of of uh you know individual people out there i think that would be a good thing too yeah i hear what you're saying i mean we have demand for the silver chopper ben and the supply right now is only one big one and one small one i actually haven't seen them myself although just imagine when people see that the propellers spin both of them see that big one and the little one um, we'll see what the premium on that ends up being, but we'll, we'll do it. Market supply and demand, I think is fair. 
here over on the American Eagles, we see a couple random year type two 2021s. Uh, looks like the lowest is 31.50. You see silver price up here, 22.50. So that's nine bucks over. And that's if you buy, so if you just buy 10 of them, you're at basically, I'll call it, let's call that 50% over. Um, yeah. If you get 1500, you can get down to that 3150. So, yeah, I think you're right that the premiums have stayed quite high. And actually, here's a question I'd love to get your opinion on. Do you think it could play out where maybe we won't see an overt failure of the COMEX, but just the premiums will really start to diverge? So maybe, you know, a month from now, we'll look at the COMEX. They'll say it's 23 bucks. Yet it's forty dollars to get an American Eagle, or and or thirty five bucks to get. Because I think we've seen that's why the 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 like you pointed out the premiums are still so high, yet it's really you know we're seeing a demand if more people shift out of paper and start buying if more people see the evidence, which I can personally assure they will now that my YouTube ads team and my new video making team are up and just like. Man, they love silver. It's like throwing steak in front of nibbles. Um, so as that shift of people who are aware of the basic facts and also the evidence of why I accuse Rostin Benham of the CFTC of fraud or treason or whatever you want to call it, um, do you think we could see the premiums really start diverging even more? Um, look, yeah, the answer, the answer is, is yes. I think if, if, uh, the, the, the market's already so tight on the, on the, uh, you know, the, the physical silver, small denominations market, um, you know, for basically for retail investors. So if, um, it, you know, if we have another 50%, uh, let's say interest, uh, in, in retail investment in silver, then the premiums are going to go up a lot because the, the, the supply isn't changing. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I, 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 as a mining company, I'd rather see the actual price go up than, <laughs> than the premiums. Um, and so, uh, maybe what we, you know, and, you know, may, maybe what we should focus on is getting more silver into people's hands. And, but, um, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, that's another, that's another whole topic, I guess. Well, it is, although a very relevant one, because you mentioned you are running Kuya Silver. And I thought it was interesting that you've been doing on a company level what a lot of the people watching and myself have personally been doing where, you know, uh, yeah, it would be nice when there's some integrity into these markets and things are reflected accurately. But, you know, at some point, we either keep pouting and crying about that, where we say, how do I make the best of the conditions as they are and take advantage of that. And if I can get my connection to click forward, you've been doing that. So perhaps you could tell folks about some of the news on the supply side of Kuya Silver lately. Yeah, look, what you're referring to is we've been able to make, uh, you know, acquisitions um, over the course of the last year as the, as the silver price was falling and as there, there's still not a huge amount of interest in our, in the sector. Um, so we were able to make, uh, uh, you know, some really good acquisitions last year. Um, we consolidated quite a bit of land around our main Bethania mine, uh, last year, which is, uh, you know, really important for the long-term growth because it's, uh, it's really a district. It's, there's a lot more mineralization there than what's just contained on the actual mine property itself. And we've known that for a while and we've kind of been, had to be quiet about it because we've been working on these acquisitions behind the scenes, but uh, we were able to finally get some done last year. So we, uh, we acquired a, a, a smaller mine about three kilometers away last year called Carmelita. And then in November, we announced that we got a bunch of land around both actually both Carmelita and, and uh, Bethania, our main mine, and then some of the space in between. Um, we got, um, you know, over 2000 hectares of, of new territory there. Uh, and so you know, it's, we're, we're able to sort of buy low, sell high on the corporate level. Um, whereas, you know, you're mostly talking about the metals and themselves. Well, you know, that's, I'm trying to do that on, on the, on the corporate level. And, and our assets are actually the, the mineral deposits, not, you know, 
uh, themselves. So that, that's anyway, that's what we're, we're, we're doing there. We also uh, last year acquired a, uh, uh, a silver project in Canada and Northern Ontario that we're very excited about as well, sort of as a secondary project for us. Um, so yeah, we were very, very busy while the silver price was declining. <laughs> Yeah, which is nice because, uh, I don't know, maybe there's more than two groups, but perhaps two primary groups of investment VCs I see out there, which is buy uh, high, sell low, and, you know, ignore the reasons why the stock market. Oh, actually, David, I, I was reading this article this morning. They were talking about how inflation, <laughs> CBI is coming out this week. And they're saying they fit the expectation is 7.1%. They actually expect 7.1%. So now if it comes in at seven, they can say, well, inflation was lower than expected. And in the same article, they're mentioning, yeah, and earnings season is kicking off. And we've had 20% returns the last couple of years. They don't see any connection between those two or any of the silver supply and demand data that we pointed out or the relevance of any of these things yet for the, uh, you know, old codgers out there that are to those fuddy-duddy fundamentals and things like that and have a more, they're not gambling for their uh, lunch money, you know, all in every day. And then like wondering if they're going to hawk a kidney for the people who actually plan, which is unfortunate. We don't have governments that actually plan for the future, or, but, you know, for the people actually who do care about the generations that are left behind, you know, it seems like you're you're taking more of that approach. Say like, all right, well, maybe if life exists after tomorrow, um, whether the COMEX reflects it or not, to me, again, with those dynamics, you're taking advantage of the situation, it sounds like, to me anyways. What would you say there? Yeah, I, I um, you know, at this at the stage where we're at, um, th this is this is what we can do to. Uh, to build value in the company, right? Is is to uh, you know to acquire more silver-rich assets, um, whether they're in Peru, Canada, or somewhere else, and um, you know that's sort of the power we have now. And, and you know, at some point in the near future, when we're a producer, uh, then we can do something on on that side. But you know, we're so we're 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 doing what we can. I mean, it's it's in you know it's in our best interest to to have the silver prices, you know as high as possible and, and make as much money as possible when we, when we do get into production. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I think it's, it's important to look at, to look at, you know, whether you're looking at an individual investor company, whatever, um, what are their motivations? Well, our, our motivations are, you know, to make, uh, you know, profit and build the company and, you know, that's how, that's how we'll do it. Um, uh, you know, and, and you, you have to look at both the short term and the long term. And that's why you need to acquire things when they're cheap. Um, because, uh, you know, if we wait a few years and the silver price is 40 or $50, um, then, uh, you know, those assets that we bought in 2021, they'll be five times the price or more. So, you know, so we, we, uh, we bought them now. It's not always easy to do that. Um, but, uh, Jeff we did Curry it wasn't think... able to figure it out, David. <laughs> Nobody at Goldman that I know. Yeah, well, you know, it, you know, he he also said that copper was the uh, most conducted conductible metal too. <laughs> it's true, he did say that. So there's that. Although you could also say that Warren Buffett, especially because I know there's a big deal. Uh, Geez, was that last year or two years ago now where he uh, made his investment in Barrick? Although what I believe got less attention, I believe he sold most of it. In fact, I'll, let's call this unofficial. I kind of remember getting the feeling it being something similar to when he was forced out of his silver position. That may or may not be accurate. I remember hearing something to that effect, yet yep. he talked about he's invested big in silver twice, um, but at least you know, if he is actually covertly loading up on silver projects, um, he's not being open and helping other investors like like you are. So there's quite a long list of accomplished investors that and entrepreneurs and business makers who have not been able to meet the challenges that you have, if I may be as bold as to say so. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, yeah. And David, um, I know you have uh, quite important things to do because it's not an easy task, but perhaps uh, for, for some people who might be new to silver or hearing about Kuya for the first time, can you give them an idea just of the general timeline that you've mentioned? You're not yet in production, but you know, just an overview of what, what you've done so far and when the, you expect to hit production and any other key hurdles that they would be well served to know about. Sure. Well, look, if you let me allow me to take a step back um, before I answer that, uh, just in case there's any like real new investors to the to the silver equities market, um, the vast majority of the smaller companies that you're going to see basically just do pure exploration. So they're, they're just drilling, drilling, you know, and hoping, I guess, someone will come and uh, take them over one day. Um, we are different in that we um, we have a you know recently passed producing mine, uh, Bethania, and we intend to put it back into production. And we're doing basically doing all the preparatory steps to do that uh, right now. And um, we've got a team that's very more operations focused. And uh, yeah, we look forward to being a you know a silver producer. Um, you know, and, you know, perhaps in the next year, if, if everything, if everything goes well, it's, it's, there's some challenges with, with, uh, all sorts of stuff, COVID and all sorts of stuff. We'll, let's not get into that, but I can tell you, you know, a lot of people missing work right now and all that kind of stuff, which is, which is annoying, but, um, uh, but anyway, um, we are very, very close on that. And, you know, it's this, what our asset, our main asset is a mine that was in production. So it's not like we have to like reinvent the wheel here. We just have to put it back into production. And, and to do that, we're, we're making some improvements to the operation first. Now was important, you know, so we could optimize it, make more money, the mine life will be longer, etc. So we're, we're sort of doing all those things. And if anyone wants more details on, on, on exactly what we're talking about, then, uh, you know, you should go to our website and, and dig in more into the press releases and presentations that we have. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's basically what we're doing. We're looking to be a, a producer and, you know, producing silver companies um, can be worth billions of dollars, um, you know, and, uh, uh, but you know, it's, you got to take baby steps in order to get there. And, and so that's, that's where we're at. We're at the, you know, earlier stage of that, but that's, that's the direction that we're going. We're taking Kuya. Well, I sure appreciate that, uh, especially being a big silver fan that I am. And, you know, when you think about the leverage that's possible and certainly what happened in some of the past runs with the silver stocks, again, it's not an easy business, especially in this type of environment. And, Certainly one where I think diversification can play a great role. I mean, maybe you can find the needle in the haystack like David or some of the other guests that I believe we have on the show, or, you know, uh, still just having, especially when something is this much of a coiled spring, in my opinion, that, you know, if you have 10 or 20 companies where, you know, the people who are running it and you know that they know what they're doing. Uh, I think that can go a long way. Although, David, if people have particular questions for you, can you give them the website uh, one more time, which is also in the description field below? Yeah, it's uh, kuyasilver.com. So K-U-Y-A silver.com is our website. And um, you uh, you can contact us there. You can book a meeting with management. Um, you can, uh, you know, get more, just sign up for our email list if you just want to, you know, hear from us that way, all sorts of different ways that you can uh, reach us. Um, but that's the best way to best place to start. Well, I sure appreciate that. Kuyasilver.com and David will take one final look at the silver price. Quite a choppy chart here. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know what happened on that one. Actually, we know exactly what happened on a lot of these, but 20, uh, January 10th, 2022, we're at $22.40, let's call it. Any final thoughts on your mind or that uh, you feel folks should know about with the silver price or the supply and demand or anything else going on out there? Um, yeah, look, I think um, the, if, if, you look at, if you look at the, you know, the all-in cost uh, with the, you know, the other sort of bigger silver companies that are out there, um, uh, you know, they're, they're not making much, if any money at these prices at, at, in the low twenties. 
And it's certainly not enough to justify building new mines or making, you know, big capital expenditures to grow production. So, you know, this is one of those, again, these problems that may take care of itself over time um, on the on the supply side. Uh, you know, the, the, there's going to be very, I think, very little production growth uh, going on um at these prices and uh that's another bullish factor i mean it's 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 a new one we didn't talk about it earlier but but i think it's it is also important you know people think to themselves oh well supply goes up or sorry the price goes up all these you know all this new silver is going to come on the market um you know it's it's not that easy to build silver mines uh there's a lot of you know permitting and preparation that, that goes into it whether it's a you know, a small one or, or a big one, the big ones tend to take, take even more because they're bigger environmental footprint, a lot more controversial. Um, so, uh, uh, and it's a very, very small market. The dollar value of the silver market is tiny. So I, I you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when it goes, it's going to go, go big, I think. Well, I think you are going to turn out to be quite correct. Um, so I thank you for joining me here today, David. I thank everyone at home who's there watching, hoping your week is off to a good start. And for anyone who's frustrated of how long it's taken for some of these market dynamics to kick in, just imagine if everybody knew what you heard today. And certainly if you enjoyed that, one of the best ways to spread the word is hitting that share button, blasting this all over, run some YouTube ads to it if you want. Um, you don't have to go that far, but that's what we've been uh, attempting to do here is just lay these things out as clearly as possible so that it's not, David, what I've always loved about silver, it's like all these things, it's, you know, you don't have to take my opinion for it. It's not, it's not like up to me. I mean, I'm just, you know, investigating and presenting the facts that a lot of people refuse to talk about. And uh, again, I am not a like licensed financial advisor, thank God. But, you know, you can take that and do what you will. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for watching. Hit the share button. Thank you, David of Kuya Silver, for joining us to shed some light. So it's not just me. One of the people counting on to produce the silver. So with that said, we'll wrap up here and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow.